Today, a short discussion on the politics of global protest, focusing on Ivan Krestev's Democracy Disrupted. I'm Kieran O'Meara, and you're listening to The Polit Podcast. Protest has become part and parcel of global politics. In fact, telecommunications and the internet digital age has allowed for social media to be utilised as a tool of political protest across state lines, across the distinctions between legal jurisdictional state boundaries. In this regard, the politics of global protest has become an important phenomenon to be accounted for whenever we talk about global civil society and the relationship between global civil society and international politics broadly. This week, I'm going to be discussing Ivan Krastev's Democracy Disrupted on the politics of global protest and talk about his central theses and what can be taken from his work. Just over a decade ago, we found ourselves at the beginning of observing a genuinely new global phenomenon, the global spread of horizontalist networked protest movements. From the democratic vibrato of which resonated across the Arab world, please do forgive my exceptionally bad Arabic. or even to the Zuccottian cries of we are the 99%, emanating from occupation after occupation, the early 2010s, or teens as they've come to be known, saw illustration after illustration of networked protest spill over onto the global arena, where certain normative values overcame arbitrary territorial frontiers and united peoples internationally. Or, however... At least it could have appeared as such. Following a reading of The End of the End of History, Politics in the 21st Century by the members of the Alfei Bonga Bonga podcast, I found myself reading Democracy Disrupted by Ivan Krastev, uh, the function of which is to evaluate exactly such a sceptical claim, i.e. whether or not this series of globally networked protests held revolutionary substance or were substantially a phenomenon of appearance alone. Krastev's short 2014 work examines the very character of these protests, not only by looking at a handful of cases, but by examining the strictly anti-political or anti-representational quality that unified them. Although, to be honest, I found this work timely, for 2014 at very least, I would say that it was not without its problems. The very fact that neither the global character of the Arab Spring nor the Occupy movement were addressed at any length somehow does take away from the work, 
at least in my opinion. These were two instances of genuinely global movements that transcended borders with their logic, logics which could not be caged to a single domain and as such contributed in their own way to the general discourse of what it means to be a political citizen in the 21st century, as a, a citizen-come-cosmopolitan human in a thoroughly global world. The cases that Krestev discusses, so Ukraine, Russia, Thailand and Turkey, are geared more towards dispelling Francis Fukuyama's claim that these protests were simply similar middle-class eruptions, and thus were unitary and singular cases to be compared, as opposed to the genuinely global. Indeed, to summarise my only point of critique, if I were effectively forced to find one, it seems that the politics of global protests that Krestov centred his reflections around is less that of global revolutionism, of coordinated global ends and means, and more a certain character of protest that reproduced itself within different localities in a single period. And, and the two are interconnected, but they are distinct, and it's important to isolate that distinction. Returning to the content of Krestev's work, it would be a disservice to such a great conversationally academic piece to summarise the work in but a handful of statements. Nonetheless, if I were to abridge the entirety of Krestev's arguments into a handful of theses, I'd have to pick the five following statements. 1. Today's mass protests, in many respects, are acts in search of a concept. They are praxis, if you will, without theory. 2. The protests are a rejection of a politics without possibility, but they are also a form of acceptance of this new reality. None of the protest movements emerged with a platform for changing the world, or even the economy. 3. Unlike elections, which focus only on direct, formal centres of power, Protests promise to destroy the real centres of power, which are far more dispersed throughout the society, culture and economy. 4. The protests haven't marked the return of revolution. In fact, like elections, they actually serve to forestall revolution by keeping its promise of a radically different future at an unabridgeable distance. And 5. The graduate looking for work is not the new proletarian. Revolutions need ideology as oxygen and fuel, and the protesters have no ideology or alternative vision of the future to speak of. Each one of these speaks directly to one of the qualities that Krastev identifies as colouring the contemporary nature of such global network protest. Let's go through each. In the first case, the great reversal can be seen in play. Whereas in ages past the question asked was what is the praxis that is an extension to the theory, answered chiefly in the praxis-oriented nature of the Leninist query, what is to be done, Krastev highlights that today it appears that such global protest operates on the site of its inversion. It is instead asked what is the framework that is an extension to our praxis, or what is to be theorised. Primarily, 
If praxis is not directed to a given ends, i.e. the enforcement of a particular legislation or the seizure of the state apparatus, for instance, praxis alone without direction can quickly become potential to all possibility, not only the affirmative, but the regressive and conflictual also. The events that unfolded in Libya may demonstrate this most profoundly. This centricity upon praxis, with its lack of direction, if successful in rupturing the, the political trajectory of the state, or at least in disrupting its functioning deeply enough, can turn to colour a vacuous state of disorder, out of which the potential to possibility becomes the character of one's nightmares as equally as one's dreams. This character is compounded in the second and third statements, in the second and third theses. These protests rejected the lack of possibility the status quo entailed, but were equally resigned to it, and that's significant. Discourse centred around ousting a particular regime or dislocating the centres of powers that limited the citizenry to some ends. Nonetheless, without theoretical framework, without ends, without alternative, there emerged not even the semblance of change, nor the whisper of overturning the order of the day. Nationally, of course. Tangible global change did not even seem worth the time to contemplate, despite the globally networked nature of such movements. These features come to a head in the fourth and fifth theses I've selected to highlight. Such a character of protest serves only to forestall an authentically global revolutionism. At every turn, such movements provide a crushing dose of reality, reconstituting the very neoliberal principle that some of these protests rally against, i.e. that there is no alternative. Tina. In fact, by constructing the headless chicken like praxis in the manner they do, such global protests serve to reinforce the capitalist realism described by the late Mark Fisher. Simply put, by presenting the illusion of their genuine alternaity, the supposed reality that there is no alternative to neoliberalism becomes itself reconstituted with every failure. And these protests, by virtue of being endsless, being alternativeless, without telos, can only fail. Thus, a future of radical difference is kept perennially at an arm's length away and so an alternative future remains foreclosed to us. In these regards, Krestev's work is as critical as it is descriptive or analytical of the character of the, of the then primary wave of globalised network protests. This is a term I take from uh, Tufeki's Twitter and Tear Gas. Therefore, Krestev's reflections may be short, but they provide guidelines for how to think about global protest, be that from the perspective of the theorist or practitioner, and their evidence potential to cause change in the world itself, be that on a national or global scale. So I'm Kieran O'Meara, and you've been listening to me on the Polit Podcast talking about the politics of global protest in relation to Ivan Krastev's 2014 work, Democracy Disrupted. What I wanted to do was just to, to give a short episode where the character of contemporary global network protest is, is just analysed a little bit. The character is sort of uh, unpacked a little bit more than 
in a usual narrative, and I think that Krastev's work really does this, although as I say it has flaws, I think it allows itself to get at something slightly more um, uh, fascinating and perhaps missed by other scholars. If you haven't already done so, please go and check out the website. There should be a link to the article that this was taken from, this particular episode was taken from. There you'll be able to find citations and references and loads of content that doesn't become podcast episodes. Also, please like, share, subscribe and follow. Just click on that little subscribe button. (laughs) Um, And then you will automatically have the next episode appear in your library on whatever platform you're using. Um, and so you don't have to spend time searching for us next week. And don't forget, the next time you're in the mood for a think, think Pollet at www.thinkpollet.com. Thank you for listening.